Welcome to episode 117 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I love this shirt that you're wearing. So, um, it's so cute. So my daughter and I went to Old Navy last Saturday because if my son doesn't want to go hang out during the day, he's like, I just want to stay home. And I'm like, I have stopped arguing. I'm like, cool, bye. <laughs> and so we go and eat lunch together and then we always go shopping. Oh. And uh, so this is a man's shirt. They have like I love the matching and then so they have cute. matching uh, bathing suits for the men. And so my daughter liked, she got a navy blue one that has like oranges all over it. She's Aww. very androgynous, I've realized, with her clothes. I love it. Because I go to pick clothes out for her and she's like, no, no, everything's very in the middle. That's fine with Good. me. Although her dad said to me, uh, why does she dress like a boy? And I was like, no, she dresses like a 13-year-old girl who's yeah. comfortable. Like, yeah. And then we went to the carnival. <laughs> you know, we went to that <laughs> carnival, the festival, the Italian festival. And I mean, there's girls walking around that are very young, wearing very inappropriate clothes. And I was like, he was with me and like tits were out, right? And I was like, so is this what you'd like your daughter to dress like? And he's like, no, no, we're good. And I'm like, that's right. Like enough already. She's very um, artsy. That's the only way I could describe it. it. You know what I mean? She's very much into like art and, you know, she's just fucking the best. Um, oh my god! So yeah, so I bought this, and then my yeah, mine has lemons on it, and so I came out when we got home. We you know we tried our clothes on, and I came out. And I showed my son the shirt, and he goes, "Yeah, it's uh, like your personality sour." <gasps> Woo! I know, and I went like it. this, and I was like, <laughs> "That was a good burn." I'm here for wow. this. Like, yeah, so. uh, I think I've, they've been around me too long. Is what's happening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Lord. um, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I mean, it's been fixed, but I do want to mention that it was kind of hilarious last week that the Florida Democratic Party. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, who we've said is lost in the woods for the last 30 fucking years oh and run by a bunch of corporate dicks, yeah. um, who don't obviously like have their feet to the fucking ground here. Who don't like, even read a newspaper. Like they're apparently, in, yeah, they don't even read a newspaper. And their office is literally located in Tallahassee <laughs> oh and have God. no clue what's going oh on there because, God. because they decided to book their Florida blue conference, which they do twice a year. I think there's a winter and oh, a summer it's conference. Twice a year? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, and it's not like they raise any money doing it. Um, and they decided to book their one in June during pride month. Um, oh, at that's right. Disney World. <laughs> Disney. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know, like one of their conference centers yeah. there, one of their hotels. Yeah. And the state caucus, the state LGBTQ caucus, who is run by, um, oh boy, here we go, Stephen Gaskell. Excuse me, yes. I'm so sorry. Uh, who's a friend of ours because of, we do the work with the Dolphins, which is the local LGBTQ caucus. Yeah. And of course, our caucus put out messages going, um, we're not Hello. going to attend. Yeah, we're not attending. And isn't it on our, uh, on the day of the parade? Yeah, it's the day of like, it's a, it's the month of pride. So those weekends are always yeah. all taken up. It's um, Father's Day weekend. It's Juneteenth. Like they did, they oh did not check the calendar. God. They did not check the calendar. Did they change the date or just the location? Um, I think both. Oh, good. I think okay. both. So yeah, so they got so much heat, but this one reporter, Mark Caputo, oh. got the information and like put it out. So Mark Caputo calls all three gubernatorial candidates for for like inf- like for a comment. Know, hey, hey, what do you think about this? The only one who responded 
was our BFF Nikki Freed, who <gasps> Hi, was like, we love this, you. Yeah, she said, like, base. I don't, I don't. I, this isn't a quote, but basically, like, this is inappropriate. I will not be attending. Yes, that is God, where it's I kept. No comment from Charlie Chris. No comment from uh, Annette Tadeo. At least at the time of the story. Then these LGBTQ caucuses come out, and they're like, "What the fuck?" So they change it. The Florida Democratic Party, but it's just so tone deaf. Of like oh one of God. the largest if bills I, is I, don't I, say gay bill. One of the largest bills of the Disney, session, and the whole yeah, and the whole, the whole Disney, Disney involvement. Thing. It is insane yeah. to me and how, that they would not put that together. Yeah. Especially during Pride Month. It's just yeah. like every possible thing that should have been like, hello. So hello. like, and, and then those are the kinds of things like the same things with like corporations do like very white centered kind of advertising and, and yeah. marketing and things like that. It's like, who's not in the room with making those decisions, right? Like who's not in the room with the Florida Democratic Party that you don't know it's Juneteenth, that you don't oh know it's fucking God. Pride Month, that you don't know there's a don't say gay bill that Disney was really ho- super involved with yeah. because everyone's trying to hold them accountable, yeah. even their employees, which yeah. is incredible. Who, who, who now are saying, Disney is now saying they are no longer going to be giving political donations until they clear this thing, this whole thing up. Good. And most of their money goes to Republicans. Yeah. It goes to Republicans who supported this thing. That's the thing. And we, I mean, I have to say, because my husband is anti-corporation and anti-Disney, that we've never gone to Disney World as Mm. a family. But a lot of families on both sides of the aisle are throwing a ton of money at Disney World. And then that money's going somewhere else. So it's not right. I think we need to hold corporations a little more accountable. Absolutely. And I just love that. Because the, the bottom second, line is what they listen to. And if the, if it's going to hurt their bottom line yeah. and, and they're going to lose a lot of people, plus they do a lot of yeah. the LGBTQ stuff. So it but was it's that rainbow yeah. corporation, yeah. the corporate rainbow kind of stuff. Yeah. I, that, but I always thought the same thing. Although my daughter comes to me and she's like, Disney Plus and Disney, they're taking on the TV channels. You're taking all of these, like, they had amazing pro LGBTQ, like, characters on these shows and she's like all those shows are disappearing and i'm like what she's like yeah they'll make a one movie like to wrap it up and like that's it wow she's very disappointed about this but um what was i forget Uh, it i'm canceling disney plus oh girl oh my kids are gonna kill me but i think that we should well maybe i should uh, I just think that it's funny that once a corporation stands up to somebody like DeSantis, we saw him react the same way that Trump would always react. Like it wasn't like, oh, come on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was, we don't need Disney. Disney's wrapped up with China. <laughs> They're communists. And I was like, damn, oh, like it was so God. fast. It was like within seconds of the guy from the CEO of Disney going, listen, we're all a family. We love our employees. Yeah. We love LGBTQ. We support everyone. Like they're like, we're so yeah. like, Although their contributions yeah. don't really show that. Their contributions yeah. to the candidates. They're uh, trying to elect damage control and DeSantis. Yeah, don't really show DeSantis comes I out. I love that he comes out with the communism thing because remember like back in the day with uh, 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 the Red Scare yeah. and uh, the McCarthyism, yeah. like Disney was a target yeah. for communism. But it's also there. like, here's what my supporters can now, yeah. can now say. But what also was amazing is that employees at Disneyland in California also stepped, walked out. Good. Like in support of Disney employees here. Good. And I thought that was fucking incredible. Man. Yeah. I loved every second of it. Um, also, I want I talked to my sister this week. Uh, cause after every therapy session, I call my sister. I'm like, oh. <laughs> here's the, here's what I learned. How fucked up our childhood was this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. And, um, listen, everybody's doing their best. No, surviving. no blame, no blame, no blame, no blame, no blame. We're all trying to survive. Uh, yeah. Everything that happened, you're just now trying to figure out how to get through it, right? Okay, so um, so I was talking to my sister, and she was like, I feel like I've talked to you all week. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I've been listening to your podcast all week. And Aww. I was like, Ugh. So then she starts telling me about her one of her new friends at work, a, a co-worker, um, is this young teacher who just started. 
and her name's Virginia. And she's like, she's so cool. She dresses so cool. Aww. And like, she helps, you know, she's helping yeah. her like whatever, blah, blah, blah. So this girl is nominated for um, like rookie teacher of the year. I want to say it's called oh, for their that's county. So cute. So I hope she gets it. Her name's Virginia. Aww. She seems really nice. But anyway, she is now a fan of our podcast. So that's hi. why I wanted to say hi to her. Because she told my sister, I really love podcasts. My sister's like, oh, my sister has a podcast. The girl's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, did you tell her everybody has a podcast? Like literally yes. fucking everybody has a podcast. <gasps> so but it's not our podcast. Yeah. So they listened to it and she was like, oh, their voices are perfect. Oh. I know. And she teaches like, I think she teaches history. So like, that's awesome. Like wow. right up her alley this with is this. Amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of everybody having a podcast last Sunday, I was at my son's hockey uh, game and one of his coaches were walking by. I don't ever talk to these coaches. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, good morning, that kind of thing. <laughs> and he comes walking up to me. He's a younger guy. And he starts like telling me about all of his life. He starts getting tears in his eyes. I mean, I'm literally just standing here and the guy's, what? Why? I, I was confused. I was looking around like, does he think I'm someone else? Like, is he confused? I don't know. And I was like, well, he's all sad about life. And I was like, maybe he sees I'm fucking like, there's a dark cloud over my head all the time. And I was like, I don't know, like Charlie Brown. So Aww. he starts talking to me and I was like, well, is there anything you like you enjoy doing? He's like, well, I have a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, of course you do. I started laughing so hard. I was like, of course you do. It's called like two minutes in the box. It's like a hockey podcast. Did you tell him that you have a podcast? No, Why? I don't want to get involved with, listen, what? because they I got to spread the word, girl. Because he, you know what he said? He's from Michigan. And he uh -oh. said, um, that everyone here is uh, arrogant, like I—I I don't know, in like uh, uninf uninformed, and I was just like, "Well, see, I could take that either way. He could be talking about Republicans, or he could be talking yeah. about Democrats." So I was like, "I'm not going to roll the dice and try yeah, to figure yeah, out, yeah, 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 like yeah, where yeah. this guy's from." So that's hard. Yeah. P.S. Let's talk about um, Tina on TikTok. <laughs> Because you know, if you if you've listened to this podcast, I'm not. I'm gonna a, hide. No, I'm don't hide. hide. <laughs> don't hide. Because I'm not like a. I'm not uh, a fan of TikTok. I don't yeah. have TikTok. I know what it is. I've seen the videos. They're funny. <laughs> Sometimes I watch it. And I'm like, holy fuck! What is this human being? Like, what is this adult doing in their house? Yeah, They're dancing. And, and like, here, I don't get yeah, it. Whatever. I <laughs> no, I'm not dancing. You're not. Though. She's not dancing. So Tina like has like I plans might. for this podcast. <laughs> like we are gonna be. Yes. Super famous. Yes. We're going to make millions and millions of dollars. Yes. And then we're going to be able to tell on our golden hill, we're going to go yes. like this to everybody, yes. which is what we're doing now. <laughs> so nothing changes basically. And um, so Tina's like, TikTok's the way. She's putting fucking TikToks up that are getting 10,000 fucking views. Oh my God. 9,000 views. It's fucking insane. It's so funny. It's insane. And they're we're gonna so do, good. But we're going to do one today. Yeah. So now she's like, would you do one? And I was like, all right, I'll do it. I have two. I have two planned out for us. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be happening. So look out for me on TikTok. Yes. My debut. My TikTok debut. It's going to be amazing. The last thing I wanted to mention is, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm kind of like really excited about this. Not excited like um, I'm, I'm rooting for one or the other, but it's so Broward and I'm just oh, like, get oh, it, bitch, right? Oh, like, oh. Did you see who announced that they're running for state Senate? No. Dr. Barbara Sharif. Oh, oh I did hear this. I did hear this. Did you this. see who she's running against? Who she's challenging in a primary? Tell me, tell me. Tell me. Lauren Book. Ooh, I did hear this. I heard this. And um, this it's is incredible. exciting. It's really exciting. So with all these districts redrawn. Right. And then Barbara and Sharif. And this is someone who, and, and Lauren Book really hasn't had to run that's right it's not that she like, hasn't had to run but she she's hasn't. never had a real challenger yes, in a, from yes. a, a fellow democrat and i watched that barbara sharif uh promo video that she put Let's out go. it's really fucking good 
And uh, so she was a county commissioner who stepped, who resigned to run when she ran for the Alcee Hastings yes. con- congressional seat and she lost that race. So she's now like trying to pivot and all of these districts are re- redrawn, yeah. you know? And so now Lauren Book has a challenger in the primary. She's currently the state mi- minority leader in the Senate. Um, her father is a very wealthy lobbyist who gives money to everyone, every fucking one. Lots of Republicans, mm. lots of corporate interests there. So she references that in her video. Like it's time to work for the people and get not corporate interests and bow down to like da 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 da. And I'm like, damn. So I, I like the idea of, of, you know, having, having someone be challenged. Yeah, they should be challenged. I don't like the idea if there were like 17 people in this race, no. you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, can we slow down? Can we yeah. just have a couple people think about where these other people might be better suited yeah. or whatever? No, this is good. But I think this is good. It's good. And also what happens now is Lauren Book has to come out yeah. and actually meet Democrats. Yes. Because I and have to never, ever seen her at a club meeting, at a caucus meeting, yeah. like I saw never. her. I saw her for uh, the first time at the at ruthless event, event yeah. right? Like that's so now she has to. But good, good. Like I, yeah. you know, I mean, listen, it's part of the job. Part. So there's a tweet. Anthony Mann put this tweet out, saying like Barbara Streep's running, blah blah blah. And there's comments on there, and there's some guy who's just trolling Lauren Book. But it's all like. Her dad gives money to this person or she votes this way. Or, you know, I she's mean, got Lauren's kids, which is a, a private, like, I think it's a nonprofit. And they get money from the state that she actually has voted on or voted with or whatever. Like, these are all, like, things that are not okay and have been talked about for oh, years. Instead of, and like, nobody abstaining really... from it since she has a vested interest in it. Right. So there's things like that. Where that are, are not... the people? Where are the people to say, hey, you know, this is probably going to pass, like, just... You know, don't do that. This could look bad. Don't they have their PR people? I don't, that, I, I think that, the, that, really who pay, who makes people pay attention is other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. And they put it in the paper I mean, and nobody should reads know the paper. Stamp podcast, like how many yeah. people have not been advised. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, I'm <sighs> very excited, but it's so Broward and so beautiful. I love every second of it. <sighs> mm. Okay. <gasps> Are you well, ready? you go first. Yes. I do. Ooh. Okay. I got to tell you, I am so excited <gasps> about this fucking story, bitch. I Ooh! am like. Let me get comfortable. This get woman. Comfortable. This woman. Like, this is a crazy oh, fucking story. Is a lady? It's a lady. Ooh. And it is going to, this is going to blow you away because. Okay. I'm getting comfortable. I kind of like, we've talked, like we talked about Deep Throat. Yeah. You know, and yeah, how yeah, he yeah, yeah. Um, exposed Watergate. He's right. the one who did this. But actually. Like two years before that, before Deep Throat went and talked to Woodward and Bernstein yeah, in that yeah, like yeah, yeah. A garage or like they sent those messages. <laughs> Remember that whole thing it was so good. Go listen it's to that episode. Wild. I wish I had written down what episode number it is. Yeah. This woman like, actually it, said, it. <laughs> this woman actually said, um, these are the people responsible <gasps> for Watergate. Yeah. And Let's nobody go. believes her. No. Because of, oh, cause she's a woman. And yeah, they gaslit her, right? Okay. Wow. So today. Woo! <laughs> I am covering Martha the Mouth Mitchell. Oh, Martha the Mouth. And I'm going to tell you later, <laughs> later on, I'm going to tell you at the end, I'll tell you how I found this story and how I heard about this woman because I, it's kind of funny too. So uh, okay, okay, anyway, okay. a little bit Martha about the Martha. Mouth. I love it. Yeah. So Martha Elizabeth Beale Jennings Mitchell was born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas on September 2nd, 1918. And she talked less. She had that whole thing, that honey. Southern, you know, oh. And she liked to gossip. So you imagine <gasps> she's calling people like, y'all, you better hear this. Right? Like, it's so good. So she grew up the 
the only child of cotton broker John V. Beale and uh-huh. drama teacher R- um, Ari Beale. And she was living in a rural area and friends lived far away, right? So even when she went to school, she had to like go into the city. And so the only person she really has a friend was her, the, the black woman who worked in their house who she called Mammy. Okay. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny for some oh, reason. Oh no. Uh, she graduated from Pine Bluff High School in 1937. Under her high school yearbook picture was the quote, love its gentle warble. I love its gentle flow. I love to wind my tongue up and let, and I love to let it go. Ooh, look at that. It's kind of fun, right? Wind that tongue up. bitch wants to get out. She's like, I'm too big for this city, right? I'm out of here. Oh my God, I love her. So she attended Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri with hopes of studying pre-med. She had wanted to be a pediatrician when she grew up, but blamed her Southern accent for difficulty with learning Greek and Latin. I mean, I guess. Mm. Instead, <laughs> she became a Red Cross nurse's aide in one of the organization's first, very first chapters and claimed that at one time she had given more hours to the service than anyone else in the country. Oh, wow. She eventually, transferred, she eventually transferred to the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville and finally the University of Miami, Ohio, yeah? Yeah. She was fascinated by the arts and had dreams of becoming an actress, but her family would not allow it. She ultimately Aww. received a BA in history. And after graduation, she worked for about a year as a seventh grade teacher in Mobile, Alabama, oh, okay. before leaving the pre- the profession saying she despised it. <laughs> it's a hard job. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> she returned to Pine Bluff in 1945. And after World War II, she began working as a secretary at the Pine Bluff Arsenal. She wow. soon transferred, um, along with her boss, who was Brigadier General Augustine Mitchell Prentice, to Washington, D.C. And in Washington, she met Clyde Jennings Jr., a U.S. Army officer from Lynchville, I'm sorry, Lynchburg, Virginia. They married on October 5th, 1946 and moved to Rye, New York. And soon after they wed, he was honorably discharged and he took up work as a traveling handbag salesman. Oh, Um, and then they had a son. That's so random. (laughs) I I forgot that 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 was like a legit thing of people going going door to door selling handbags, Bibles, uh, vacuum cleaners, like, you know. Fire extinguishers. It's so weird. (laughs) Um, They had a son together, Clyde J. Jennings, on November 2nd, 1947. Um, And Jennings spent a lot of time away from home right because he was yeah, traveling all yeah. the time and it led to their separation on may 18th 1956 and eventual divorce in august of 1957 she once said as soon as she met a john j and john n mitchell who would become her husband oh she was quote impressed with his suaveness and intellect Ooh. and the couple married on december 30th 1957 and settled st- oh, stayed so in New so, York. okay so she has this new yeah bow. but like even like when you see his picture um I cannot believe that he's suave. Like it's <laughs> honey, honey. No? He's got like a pipe. He's bald. <laughs> maybe like, it's the pipe. Maybe it's the way yeah, he chews on the end of that pipe. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he was working as a lawyer in Manhattan. He was earning $250,000 oh, a year. That's why he's suave. Yeah. That's right there. <laughs> $250,000 a year wow. in the 50s. Holy crap. Millionaires, bro. Come on. Yeah. Um, on January 10th, 1961, the couple had a daughter, Martha Elizabeth named after her, but they called the girl Marty, which I kind of like. That's kind of cute. Reminds me of Greece. Remember Marty and Greece? Yeah. So John Mitchell and Richard Nixon's professional careers converged when on New Year's Eve, 1966, their law offices combined to become Nixon, Mudge, Rose, Gunther, Alexander, and Mitchell. So he's working with Richard Nixon as a lawyer. Okay. So these are a bunch of rich dudes. They become friends. They have a, yeah. Yeah. 
So although their status as friends is debated, when Nixon was elected president in 1968, he appointed John Mitchell as the attorney general. So now her husband oh. is the attorney general of the United States. Wow. Which is crazy, right? Wow. So the position that uh, made it necessary that they move to D.C. and their home was in the fashionable Watergate complex. And at the time, oh. it was estimated to be worth $140,000. Oh. Yeah. Mitchell first, Martha Mitchell first came to national attention after she remarked to a television reporter that Washington, D.C. peace demonstrations held in November 1969 reminded her husband of a Russian revolution. Oh, so here's what our friend so does. So they're like, dude, you, you got to get your wife. Yeah, this you, was a major you gotta problem. You got to muzzle uh, yeah. uh, Martha the mouth over here because yeah. Yeah. And the those sound bites are not good. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, I, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's hilarious, but... But, but it was it becomes a real problem and because um, the protesters are like what yeah <laughs> right Woo! but also like people are going to eventually be on their side so this is like not yeah. a good idea but she just didn't give a fuck good good and for i her. think she liked the attention she's sharing things though that are private that's a <gasps> private yeah. like conversation you're having yeah. with your husband and she's just telling reporters <laughs> you know so wild. she probably just doesn't realize maybe she didn't realize at that time like yeah. that how yeah, yeah like you're but not like, you're not in podunk like, arkansas anymore yeah. or a little town could you're you from, imagine like, her husband's probably like shut the fuck <laughs> up yes, bitch yeah. what are you doing to me right <laughs> though the statement was widely viewed as indiscreet increased it but it increased her notoriety and coverage in the media Uh-oh. and she had the custom of having an evening drink and then calling reporters with, no! political, with, <laughs> with political gossip or information she had gleaned while rifling through her husband's papers or, <laughs> or eavesdropping on his conversations. I love her. Now, meanwhile, so it's nice. She's right? like, yeah, yeah. She's like, let's see this. What, meanwhile, what thank God she doesn't have like a phone. She'd be taking pictures of fucking texting shit. But her hair, like she had this beautiful blonde hair, like the bangs and this poofy thing. And she had that swoop that like swoops oh up my at the God. bottom. Yes, oh my I remember God. those. Oh, wait, those, you see like, these pictures of 1960s her. 1960s It's so fucking good. And she's so, rifling. She's got the cigarette yeah. dangling out of her mouth. <laughs> the ash is about to and fall. And the cup with like the, the fucking, uh, what is it called? Like a martini in it. Yeah. Like she's fucking oh. having her life living her life bitch so during this time uh (laughs) during this time uh, she was known being this outspoken socialite and she had regular appearances on talk shows and variety shows such as laughing oh my god like she's becoming so well known right by the following year november 1970 i mean that's a huge show that was a big show yeah yeah. they used to write on their bellies yes and they had like celebrities they ask funny questions they do games what do you call like a variety show yeah goldie hawn i think got her start on yes 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 so the following by the following year november 1970 a gallup poll indicated that 76 percent of americans recognized who she was and she made the cover of time in an issue about the most influential women in washington dc hello because she's spilling all the dirt but people know who she is too oh i love that is she cute you know she looks like um yeah i mean she's cute she's like i said she has that cute blonde hair but she's older woman now right yeah but she's uh she's fun she's got a beautiful smile like she just oh, looks I love happy so she's just living her life she doesn't give up fuck I bitch right this. like I does not this. fucking care oh it's great so her reputation for frank and uncensored talk generally in support of republican issues you know whatever led to her being nicknamed martha the mouth or the mouth <laughs> of the south because she talked like you know she has that whole thing white tea hair this thing right and she's like doing her own thing so nixon selected john her husband to head the the committee to re-elect the president commonly abbreviated as crp for the 1972 campaign now crp becomes very famous because a lot of members of the crp were caught yeah breaking into watergate (laughs) 
So are they like, okay, uh, I'm going to let you do this, but you got to put a muzzle on Martha. Not at the time. He didn't say it then, (laughs) but he does eventually. Oh, no. So during the campaign, however, Mitchell had begun to complain to her media contacts that the campaign had engaged in dirty tricks to win the election. Oh, right. So she's already. What is she doing? I mean, this is like, she doesn't care. Does not care. I love this. Yeah, but also like you're sleeping with this person. Like I don't. Yeah, I. Uh, it's the pillow talk. She's maybe he all was fucking around. Like who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. So a week. This now it's going to start to get really fucking wild. So hang Ooh. on. A week before the 1972 burglary of the DNC headquarters in the Watergate building, the Mitchells had traveled to Newport Beach, California, to attend a series of fundraising events. Okay. So while they're there, her husband receives a phone call about the incident and immediately held a press conference denying any CRP involvement. Right. So the okay, way it, the way they say it went down lawyer, is yeah. there was somebody waiting outside for these guys to come out. And the cops fucking roll in because a security guard inside the building saw something, sees them or sees the flashlights, right? I mean, and it's calls so the stupid. Yeah, it's and so, so they get caught. And as they're coming out, these guys that are being arrested are coming out. There's somebody like literally calling John Mitchell from a fucking payphone, like, um, everybody just, just got, got caught. <laughs> and he like holds his, holds his press conference, right? It was like, we're not involved. Yeah. And it's like, what? No, who yeah. asked you? Why would anybody ask you that? Wow. So he then returns to DC and he encourages his wife to, to stay <laughs> in California and enjoy the sunny weather, oh, honey. because he knows that she's going to run her mouth. She, and, yeah. <laughs> so he uh, then oh enlists. Oh, my God. Yeah, so then he enlists their security guard, Steve King, who's a former FBI agent, to prevent her from learning about the break-in and contacting reporters. Like, she doesn't <gasps> know that Watergate has happened, oh, right? So wow. He, because he knows that she's going to recognize the, peop- the oh, names yes, of the people who arrested yes. because one of them was their daughter's old, like, bodyguard. Like oh. who's now a part. So she's going to now know that, that the Republicans, like, like they're wow. involved in this. Right. And he knows that she will not be loyal. I yeah. love that. So apparently <laughs> she just like, like he says, to, he says to the bodyguard, don't make sure she doesn't get a paper. Make sure she doesn't watch the fucking TV. She doesn't get the news. What does she do in the morning? She immediately calls downstairs and like, can I get a copy of the Los Angeles Times? Right? <laughs> and they're like, sure. And they fucking send it right up to her. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, she's like, holy shit. Right? She can't believe what the fuck's going on. So she oh. learns that James W. McCord Jr., who's the security director at the CRP, and like I said, her daughter's former bodyguard and driver, was among those arrested. Oh, and no. she's immediately like, boom. Like, no. this and she's is like, nuts. I got to get on the horn. I yes, got to get on the absolutely, horn. Of course. And the detail conflicted with the white house's official story that the break-in was unrelated to the crp and that raised her suspicion right she's like wait a minute so martha unsuccessfully made attempts to contact her husband by phone eventually telling one of his aides that her next call would be to the press oh get my fucking husband (laughs) on the phone now right so he called her back right away yeah, he called right, her right, back right, right away. So the following <laughs> Thursday on June 22nd, Mitchell made a late night phone call to Helen Thomas of the United Press, which is who she would call all the time, right? Oh, oh I love that it's another woman. woman. Yeah. Yes. So she informs Thomas of her intention to leave her husband <gasps> until he resigns from the CRP. Like, I'm not going to be with you him anymore because he's involved in this thing. Woo! And I know that they did this thing, right? Oh, is Thomas like, no, 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 stay and get the dirt. Stay <laughs> yeah. and get the dirt. <laughs> yeah, we're benefiting from this. Yeah. <laughs> but the call was ended abruptly like something (gasps) happened right and Uh the phone call ends so when thomas Uh calls back the hotel operator told her that mitchell was indisposed and would not be (gasps) able to talk so thomas then called john her husband the girl you know the the reporter calls the husband and he seemed unconcerned and said quote martha gets a little upset about politics but she loves me and i love her and that's what counts end quote like that's the Uh quote 
So in her subsequent report oh, of no. the incident, she says, the reporter says that it was apparent that someone had taken the phone from Mitchell's hand <gasps> and the woman could be here. She could hear Martha Mitchell say, quote, you just get away. <gasps> End quote, right? Like someone was trying to take the phone from her. So, so Thomas like reports this and Thomas account was widely covered in the news and many media oh my outlets. God, of course, it's people are like, what's going on? Yeah, they made, uh, and efforts where's Martha? To yeah, they made <gasps> efforts to find her for an interview because nobody now knows <gasps> where she is. She's being held basically. Wow. Right? Yes. Crazy. What in the world? Dude. So a few days later, Marsha Kramer, a veteran crime reporter of the New York Daily News, tracked Mitchell to the Westchester Country Club in Rye, Rye, New York. Which well, is where they a, had moved her. I mean, if I ever get kidnapped, yeah, I, be a I, mean, I, would, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> instead of like a dank, dark basement, Motel a, six, country, yeah. <laughs> a country club, it doesn't sound too yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, I mean, come on, look at who we're talking about here. You know what I mean? She probably thought she was in hell. Oh so my God. she finds, basically, she says she described her as a beaten woman <gasps> who had been incredibly black, who had, had incredible black and blue marks all over her arms. No. Right, because they're holding her down. They're, oh hold, they're keeping God. her hostage, basically. And what turned out to be one of her first of many interviews, Mitchell related how in the week following the Watergate burglary, she had been held captive in that California hotel and that it was King, that uh, FBI, (gasps) former FBI agent, who had pulled the phone cord from the wall. Wow. And after several attempts to escape from the balcony, she was (gasps) physically accosted by five men who had left her uh, needing stitches. what? This it gets worse. And these are her husband's yeah. henchmen. These Who are he told them. These are government. Yeah. And he told them at all, whatever it takes. Wow. And Herb, this is this is not wow. this is this is crazy. Wait till you hear this. Herb Kalmbach, who is Nixon's personal lawyer, was summoned to the hotel and he decided to call for a doctor to inject her with a <gasps> tranquilizer. Wow. Bro. Wow. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. I've never heard this story. I know. <gasps> but she knows the truth, right? Wow. And that's why they have to keep her quiet. Wow. Yeah. So the incident, of course, left her fearing for her life. She of didn't course. know what the fuck was going to happen. Oh, my God. And although the Watergate burglary was the leading story across all news formats, her reports were relegated to human interest stories in the major newspapers, like the the Times, the Washington Post, and New York Daily. It's like, oh, she's missing. Like, nobody put those two things together. Wow. That the person she's married to is highly involved in the fucking yes. Nixon administration, and now, et cetera, et cetera. And, and she talks a lot, and now suddenly yeah. she's gone. So Nixon's aides, in an effort to discredit Mitchell, told the press that she had a drinking problem, <gasps> which was entirely not true or wow. wait, wait which was not entirely untrue <laughs> i misread that all right so she likes to drink and she talk likes to drink but that doesn't so mean what? that bitch is wrong yeah <laughs> i mean what the fuck wow <laughs> this poor lady bro so now they're like uh she's a one she's a woman she's a drunk she's some socialite that wants attention yeah Wow. I know. It's crazy, right? So they also suggested that she was convalescing in Silver Hill Hospital, a psychiatric facility in Connecticut. Now here's the thing. She did, they did put her in a hospital and she was telling them all of these things. And And they think she's crazy. Yeah. And there's a thing that came out, like after all this was proven that she was correct, they have this thing called the Mitchell, the, the Martha effect. They call it the Martha effect in psychiatry where Somebody is saying something and they're not believing her. Like, remember with the girl um, with Garfield who yes, was pregnant and yes, was like, I had yes, his baby. He yes, took my baby and yes. he, they put her in a psych ward and she, they wouldn't believe oh her. My That's God. the same thing here. 
Like they, that's they, like, nobody would believe and, and, and her. And we talked about that during that episode. Like the scariest thing is that you're in some kind of yes. mental hospital yeah. and you are lucid. You are know what you're saying and that people think you're crazy. And they're uh, believing uh, like, whoever you, put you yes, in there because you, they're oh powerful and like they're the president. Oh so they're like, God, no, the president oh God, said she's oh crazy. God, oh like, God. so she's stuck in this thing, right? Oh my God. And it could not have been great in the 19... 19- yeah. 60s early 70s like i mean they'll just drug you or do you yeah. like fucking uh what's it called shock therapy yeah lobotomies I so know. initially mitchell began contacting reporters when her husband's role in the scandal became known in an effort to defend him like now she's trying to like defend like him. he wasn't there that kind she of needs thing to- but, i mean she's been tortured yeah. of course she's it's like yeah. uh you know whatever that's called the stockholm, stockholm syndrome. syndrome yeah so she believed him to be a wow. fall guy and encouraged him to turn against the president you know, like this wasn't your idea, oh. that kind of thing. Well, Soon after the burglary, though, John resigned and citing his desire to spend more time with his family as the reason. Oh, that's my favorite reason in the world. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got his wife like held down oh and fucking tranquilized. Yeah. Like, really, yeah, you better Jeez. go spend time with her, you fucking dick. In the meantime, corporation, um, cor- uh, corruption in the GOP had moved sharply into focus uh, for the outspoken Martha, right? So- Mm. They're all coming after her. In May 1973, she provided sworn testimony in a deposition at the offices of attorney Henry B. Rothblatt in connection with the Democratic Party's $6.4 million civil suit against the CRP. Because that's whose offices they broke into, remember? The Mitchells would ultimately separate in September 1973 with... When, with John suddenly moving out of the family home with their daughter, Marty. So he took the daughter. On January 1st, 1975, he was convicted Good. of perjury, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy for the involvement in the Watergate break-in. And he served 19 months in federal prison. Wow. And they never saw each other again. That was it. He went to, to prison. That was it. And because of well, her did involvement- Did she get the daughter back? Uh, I don't think oh. so. I mean, I'm sure that she's, yeah. you know. Uh, oh maybe she was with her when he went to prison, right? Yeah. Because of uh, her involvement in the scandal, she was discredited and abandoned by most of her family, <gasps> except for her son, Jay. Uh, and then it was not until no- February 1975 that McCord, after having been convicted for his role in the wash- in the Watergate burglary, admitted that Martha was, in his <gasps> words, basically kidnapped and corroborated her story. Wow. For years, like wow. two years later. Wow. Her, uh, oh. He further asserted that H.R. Hal- uh, Haldeman, as well as other top aides of President Nixon, had been, quote, jealous of her popularity in the media and had sought oh out god. ways to embarrass her. Oh my god, men and their egos. <laughs> yeah. Nixon was later uh, uh, later t- told interviewer David Frost in uh, 1977 that Martha was a distraction to John Mitchell, oh. such that no one was minding the store. Oh, and quote, oh. and quote, if he had hadn't been for Martha Mitchell, there would, would have been no Watergate. And oh, okay. So it's Martha Mitchell's fault. Because <laughs> she ran not her your mouth. fault. Because right, she ran Nixon? too much. Yeah. Ran her not your paranoid much. fucking bullshit. I often wonder like, you know, if Watergate happened today, there's no way that other Republicans would have turned look we had an insurrection i know we had an insurrection and these motherfuckers are like what's the big deal they were tourists at the fucking capital they're smearing shit everywhere and trying to kill people but no fucking big deal there's just a people were shot and killed yeah but you know wow yeah it's somehow some wife's fault all right, Dick. Wow. What a piece of shit fucking Nixon Ugh. was, by the way. So gross. So in 1975, Martha became ill, <gasps> right? I know. Aww. And as her health declined, she was called on by a small circle of friends that included her reporter and eventually biographer, Winzola McLendon. And she, uh, McLendon reports that Mitchell was suicidal and without Aww. any income. Oh my God. Her lawyer in an ongoing alimony dispute described her as, quote, desperately ill without funds and without friends, end quote. 
Oh my so fucking God. sad. Even so, her son, who was working as a researcher for the Senate Subcommittee on Internal Security, was said to have cared for her and served as her occasional spokesperson. And in her final days, she subsisted on donations sent by sympathetic supporters. On May 31st, First, 1976, in the advanced stages of multiple myeloma, which I looked up as a cancer of plasma cells. Oh, God. Um, Mitchell slipped into a coma and died at Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York City at age 57, which is so fucking young. so young. Her son and her estranged husband, John Mitchell, and daughter arrived at her funeral in Pine Bluff uh, shortly after it began. So it was in Arkansas. And the service was held at the First Presbyterian Church and here's the fucking best part of this story. Oh, no. You want to hear the best part? No, oh, it's God. so good. Oh, no, good. it's good. It's okay, good. Okay, okay. An anonymous supporter who is apparently a California, an admiral in California sent a floral arrangement to the funeral in white, in, in, in white chrysanthemums spelled out, Martha was right. <gasps> and I have a picture of it. At her funeral? At her funeral. Yes. One of those big funeral oh, things. Oh, my God. And that it said, gave Martha me, was right. Oh, my God. That gave me goosebumps. It's Can fun. we get that, that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yes. That picture is fucking wow. incredible. I mean, holy shit. Wow. In 1975, that's not long after all of this went no. down. Like she didn't, it, you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. Oh, it's bullshit. This woman. Yeah. So here's how I know about her. I'm watching like YouTube, I don't know, whatever. And you know, they, you yeah. know shit fucking comes up. A trailer comes up for a TV show called Gaslit. It's going to be on stars. It comes out April 24th and it's this woman <gasps> and she's got the whole fucking thing. And she's played by Julia Roberts and oh. um, Sean Penn plays Sean Mitchell what? and it's a TV. It's going to be a TV series. And I was like, who the fuck is this woman? And she's, <gasps> she comes out, she puts her glasses, these white fucking glasses on here. She's got this beautiful, like fucking 1970s outfit and she lights a cigarette and all these reporters are there. And she goes, anybody have a question for me? Like, that? I'm like, oh. I'm like who is this woman? <laughs> it's her. She plays martha mitchell Ooh. it's called gaslit oh that's gonna be so that good that sounds yeah. amazing and julia roberts got that flip hairdo Ooh. oh my god it's so fucking that good sounds so good and so basically she said these are the people who did fucking wow um watergate like years uh, before it was actually yes. proven <gasps> i can't wait the best that was so good. Oh my God. I love it. Martha was right. That Martha was right. That's, a, that's another t-shirt on, on the merch that we're, oh. we're actually going to make one day. I love promise. It. Yes. <laughs> we got to do it. We got to do it. Well, that'll be our summer project. I'm Richie, AKA Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, AKA Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. <laughs> oh, God. Are oh, we man. ready? Yes. Ooh. All right. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of James Henry Hammond. So James Henry Hammond was an awful pro-slavery politician steeped in controversy. But when his diary is published nearly 100 years after his death, it adds even more shame to his already shameful legacy. Oh, my God. Uh, what so could this, be more shameful? Rape? Yeah. God damn it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Why? Uh, why? Why? All right. So this why is, are uh, men so fucking predictable? So, well, and, guy, and then, but yet also so mysterious. Like, oh I don't God. fucking get them. Uh, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got yeah, it. I got it. Yeah. God damn it. 
So this is an old timey story and it takes place during the early to mid 1800s in South Carolina. Mm. So this guy was a career politician. Um, The one thing that I found both uh, fascinating and terrible uh, simultaneously is the reports that I've read because there are, there were some articles I read that kind of really highlighted what a jerk he was, but then like some of the South Carolina history articles, oh, those like, are my favorites. sort of just kind of wash over mm-hmm. uh, how truly awful he was. That's how it was and with Strom Thurmond. I kept finding all these South Carolina like Hall of Fame and I'm like, really? Yes. We're putting him in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Okay. And this, and you know, he's, he had this like strong pro-slavery stance and, and one of the statements was like, uh, these statements would appear racist by modern readers. Well, uh, yeah, no, they were racist <laughs> then too. Wow. Let's not pretend. Yeah. All right. So South Carolina Encyclopedia noted that Hammond was born in 1807 mm. and he was homeschooled by his father who was a teacher. And as a teenager, he attended South Carolina College. He was 16. But I think back then, like, you could go to college a little younger than we kind of do today. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't the brightest scholar, according to the article, but he ended up leading a campus organization called uh, the Euphradian Society. And that's where he learned to debate. So it was like this Mm. literary society and, you know, they would hold debates and do different things. And that's where he kind of honed those skills. Okay. So he starts his uh, political career like many others before and after him as an attorney. And he's one of those guys who didn't go to law school, but he apprenticed with, you know, um, uh, some uh, law office and then he took the bar and passed. So that's how he Mm. uh, ended up doing it. And he also worked as a journalist um, and he started a newspaper called the Southern Times. And it did not last long. It was like one year that he had this newspaper. And according to Sierran Conleaf's article for Headstuff, Hammond, from the beginning, seemed to like younger women. Oh, so, no, no, Girls, no, no, really. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So when he was 23, and this is around 1831, he proposed to a 16-year-old, Rich. He was 21? He was 23. Okay. And she's 16. Okay. And she was this rich uh, heiress uh, named Catherine Elizabeth Fist. Fitzsimmons. Now her family was like, you just want to marry because her father had died. And so she had this big dowry, like she had all this money and her family (laughs) was like, you just want her for her dead dad's money. And he's like, no way. Dead dad is money. Yeah, no, no way, no way, no way. I love this girl. (laughs) So they asked him to refuse the dowry. They're like, okay, if you want to just marry her for love. And so he did, but They end up getting married and he gets the dowry anyway. You know what I mean? Like he plays the game and he ends up with everything. And back then, everything included 7,500 acres, uh, a plantation. Holy shit. Plantation. Of course. And 147 slaves included on that plantation. 147? 147 slaves. Holy shit. So he goes from lawyer to planter. And because of like all of that land and you also... Back then, it was like how many slaves you own, like that kind of gave you status and worth. So he, um, that gives him like social cred back then. Wow. Yeah. Because you had to be like over 100 slaves or whatever. And it put him in the upper echelons of like the South Carolina society. Wow. So now like that kind of gets him into the political arena a little bit, along with that newspaper that he first um, started. So he and his wife... Um, they went on to have eight children together. Oh my eight. God. I just feel like 
I don't think any woman should have to push out that many babies. It's a lot. I just, I mean, ugh. So that newspaper that he started, um, basically what he was doing with that newspaper, he started it in 1830 to provide the soapbox for his ideas on nullification. And he didn't think that the South Carolinans should have to pay federal tax. Oh boy. So that's where his newspaper kind of got attention. And again, so now he's got this land He's married this rich person. He's got this status that's growing. He puts this newspaper out about, we don't want to pay federal tax. And now he's got attention from other politicians who encourage him to run for office. So, you know, I I think it's funny that it's, uh, does anybody look down upon, I wonder, I wonder at the time if anybody would look down upon a man who marries into money, you know what I mean? And, And gets that power. Like, is he given that same sort of respect than the other way around where a woman would marry into oh, money and yeah. she's like a gold digger. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think some people like saw like that's what yeah. he may have been up to. So in 1834, Hammond runs for and wins a U.S. House seat. Oh, and he just... ran on that idea of nullification. Oh my God. Conleaf notes though, that his position as a congressman was short-lived because the stress of the job exacerbated his stomach ulcer. So he was like, this oh, is too God. stressful for me. <laughs> so he resigned like just one sh- year shy oh, of wow. being on like the job. So he was like, I'm out. Dang. But then in 1839, he runs for office again, this time as governor. So maybe he like, didn't want that U.S. housey or I don't know, but he runs for governor. And this is after he returns from a European trip where the Free Society of Europe somehow convinced him that slavery was a necessity to avoid poverty. So he goes to Europe and he's like, oh, look, people are free here. And somehow, and, and that's that idea, right? That like, you're going to lose money, right? Because right. it's land, power, all of that. So that's uh, what he, that's how he comes back with this like strong idea of that. And it's disgusting. And he ends up losing. Mm. So um, my favorite part, though, is like he built this like uh, townhouse near the Capitol because he thought he was going to win. And (laughs) then he lost. But in 1842, he runs for governor again. And this time he wins. No! So here's what he did as governor, according to Conleaf's article. He reorganized the state militia. And oh, um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, doesn't I, I uh, fucking uh, DeSantis, DeSantis his, have his, his private squad? Yeah, military. <laughs> oh god! And then he fought to secede from the union again because of those federal taxes, um, but that got blocked by uh, Senator John Calhoun. So he wanted to try to get South Carolina out, and like it didn't happen. And then after his first term as governor, he wants to run for a U.S. Senate seat. So Jesus, this he is sit still for anything. No. This is where the major incident comes in. Okay. So recall that Hammond was married to Elizabeth Fitzsimmons. Now his wife had a brother-in-law from that marriage. So um, his sister or her sister's husband. Right. Okay. And that guy was Wade Hampton II. Now, according to Conleaf, and I got a lot of this from her Headspace article, Uh, The Hamptons were political and they helped Hammond with his career. So because they had a lot of money. Right. Her sister, of course. And they had, um, and this, the the Hamptons, like on their own outside of like the The Fitzsimmons money. Okay. Like the brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. The brother-in-law has all this money. And he worked as an aide to future president, Andrew Jackson. Wow. And Wade's dad was a Lieutenant Colonel in the Revolutionary War. So Mm. they had this political pool. Wow. And they were rich plantation owners. Um, they, he was a slave owner as well. He owned 3,000 slaves. Oh my, uh, 3,000 slaves. 
I hold know. on. Hold on. I know. How is that even a fucking real thing? It's a thing. 3,000 people? 3,000 people. Yeah. So, I know. They're awful, awful, I thought awful. 147 was a lot. Yeah. 3,000 3, people? 3,000. Oh, my God. But they pull their political power away from Hammond oh. when they learn some pretty horrific things about him. So in 1857, oh God, when Hammond is running for that U.S. Senate seat, one of Wade's daughters, <gasps> this is Hammond's niece, tells her dad, Wade, that her uncle James had molested her and her sisters for years, years, whenever he visited them. So Wade flips out, right? Like he's like, what? Like they're on some family trip. And she's like, by the way, dad. And she tells him that not just me, but like all of us, like he's been doing this. Oh my God. And Moltier News reported that when Wade first found out, he wanted to challenge Hammond to a duel. Fucking because, A. Like, What's then? the challenge? Walk up and shoot this motherfucker right, already. Right. Don't but, have to do a turn, 10 spaces in a turn. Just fucking two and spaces it's, and, it's, and turn around and shoot it right and in the fucking so, back of the head. And it's so hard for me because this motherfucker. Like, because this guy, Wade, is disgusting too. He's owning of human course. beings. Oh, listen. Like, it's, it's like, uh, win-win. Maybe they could shoot each other. I know. But my God. But Wade's business buddies, like really his Friends around him said, look, do not kill him physically. What you're going to do, destroy, destroy his him. reputation. Okay. This is what you're going to do. Because killing him, like you you probably end up in trouble, etc. So Wade brought Holy attention shit. to Hammond's actions. And it was a scandal that like damaged his career, right? Like they, he lets it come out. And because of the time period, uh, Conleaf noted that one of Wade's contemporaries said, quote, no man who valued his standing could marry one of the Hampton girls. <gasps> Because right. they would be considered damaged yes. goods. Oh and no, he's got all these kids men too. Are so damn gross. All four of his girls never married. No one ever married them after the scandal, and that it's got out. Was he doing anything to his daughters? So, um, well, I don't know if he had. Oh, out of his eight kids, yeah. Um, no, well, no, well, yes and no, but not from. His okay, wife. got it, got it, got okay. it. We'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. We'll get there, yes. So, um, and over 100 years later in 1989, like the family finally like releases these diaries. Oh my God. And his diaries published and he wrote about the encounters and he blamed the quote, lovely and luscious girls for quote, permitting my hands to stray unchecked. That's what he wrote in his diaries. Can you imagine? Right. This is what right. he wrote down. Like in his mind, He's such it's a their fault. Piece of shit. It's their fault. Wow. Yes. So the South Carolina Encyclopedia article on Hammond referred to the rape of his nieces as quote sexual indiscretions. Today, what? Today I was Who on wrote reading. That? It was on the South Carolina Encyclopedia. We History gotta Science. do something about that. Can you that? imagine that? You fucking Can you idiots. imagine that? His sexual indiscretions. He raped four girls. Holy four years. shit. Molested them for four years. Holy His family shit. members, but it's sexual indiscretions. That, uh, when I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, that's one way to say I'm it. I'm going to lose my mind. Wow. Like the, we still cannot admit today that this guy's a piece of garbage. We're just going to give him a pass. We're going to keep giving men passes. Wow. South Carolina. I mean. Get your fucking shit together. I mean. What are you doing? Every time we come here, it's the South Carolina. I know. And you, you got Ugh. a rapist as a fucking governor? Although, I mean. 
I DeSantis mean, is bad, but my God, I, I don't think he's a fucking rapist. My well, God, this is fucking insane. But, well, but he supports uh, Matt Gates. So that's true. Never mind. I mean, so uh, damn, uh, what, what a fucking get, state! Away. What a fucking state this is. So not only did Ham him and rape his nieces. No, 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 no. <clears throat> the slaves. To make matters worse, yeah. he also started raping one of his slaves named Sally Johnson. She was eighteen at the time. And she had a daughter who is believed to be his daughter. And when that girl was 12, he started to rape her too. So, and this is what came out. I can't imagine like how many other instances. So Conleaf wrote that his wife, Catherine, flipped and demanded that he sell the two slaves, but he didn't. So she left him and took the kids. Because <gasps> she's like, if you're not going to like sell these two slaves, like somehow... It's like, I, I don't that's know. How she fi- that's how that's she thinks that, that resolves Yes, yes. And it's like, instead of leaving him for harming yeah. these two women. Protecting them. Yeah, no. She's like, and then uh, he blamed uh, his wife's mother for the divorce. Oh. And he said, I trace it all to the horrible connection, which Satan seduced me into forming with the vulgar Fitzsimmons family, whose low Irish descent and hypocrisy can only be compared with their low Irish pride, selfishness, and utter want of refinement and tone. So he'll take their money, but now they're this base, low class I love people. Irish gets thrown in there. I mean, wow. Well, I mean, back then, because yeah. Irish was considered, you know. <laughs> Jesus. So then uh, after all of this in 1957, he wins a U.S. Senate seat. Shut no. the fuck yeah. up. Yep. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. I was just thinking while I, while I watched this oh week, uh, that beautiful U.S. God. Supreme Court justice oh. nominee who's going to be fucking uh, put up. Uh, well, I watched Lindsey Graham, who's a senator oh from South God. fucking Carolina. He's so gross. I thought to myself, you know, ax- it's so funny <sighs> that South Carolina... It's got a Lindsey Graham, a Strom Thurmond, and this fucking yeah. guy. You guys really need to yeah. figure this out. Yes. Because you, you Lindsay, gotta fix it. You like, gotta fix like, it. I think Lindsey Graham took Strom Thurmond's seat, maybe. I don't know if he served with Strom Thurmond, but I think he like that's the fucking They're still here. That's that's what you're giving us. That's what you're giving it's us. Your best is Lindsey Graham. Yeah. And listen, and I I know we have no room to talk. Our best is not Marco Rubio, oh and God. our best is not Rick Scott. It just isn't our best. Yeah, we're not but blaming all the people of holy South Carolina, shit. but whew, holy please, shit, dude! Please, that's fucking insane. He gets reelected. He got, he got elected to the Senate seat. Yep, and he was worse than ever. Um, oh he wanted God. the death penalty for abolitionists. Um, and here's one of his quotes regarding <sighs> slavery: "I firmly, I firmly believe that American slavery is not only not a sin, but especially commanded by God through Moses and approved by Christ through his apostles." Did you know that? Wow. Did you know? He's out of his mind. God. He's a mental patient. It's like, hey, uh-uh. this is what we need. He's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. And the fact that, that he blames they, every, there's always somebody else's fault for things that he's yes, fucking doing. Yes. But, but somehow God has said, yes, this is what you need to do. It's, it's so fucked up too, because wouldn't it be a great thing to like walk around the world and be like, um, I really... There's just no self-control. So everything that you do that's wrong, you can say is somebody else's fault and, I, I, and yeah. ha- somehow justify that you should be doing yes. it because God said it's okay for you. Oh my like God. all of these evil things that he's doing, he thinks are okay because God approves yes. it yes. or somebody else has allowed him to do it. And yeah. He takes no self, there's no, no, responsibility, no responsibility whatsoever. So what a gross. fucking life that is. Yeah, to have no Who, Wouldn't you love to just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pick up and take off oh, and do whatever you want? God. Jesus Christ. 
So he also came up with what would become known as the mud sill th- theory. What? And so the mud sill theory is, um, quote, in all social systems, there must be a class to do the menial duties, to perform the drudgery of life. Such a class you must have, or you would not have that other class, which leads progress, civilization, and refinement. Mm. It constitutes the very mud sill of society and of political government. So, mm. yeah. So, right, so, so he- so refinement like, means you get to rape little girls yes, and progress. And you just get to sit there and, and everybody else slaves. does the work for you. Okay. And so, okay. and that's why he believed like, if you got rid of slavery, then it would lead to poverty. Um, and he also had this to say, Quote, you dare not make war on cotton. No power on earth dares to make war upon it. Cotton is king. So, because he understands the money, yeah, right? But the thing that is funny is that some sites, like they'll just quote, quote him as like cotton is king, but like none of the context of like what he's saying about the mudsill theory and everything is on the backs of slaves. Right, right. And like, that's how like we have to maintain our power and mm. this and that, right? It's just this little cotton is king. And it's like, well, there's a lot underneath that statement. Wow. It's so gross. And another garbage quote from this guy. Um, I believe slavery to be the greatest of all the great blessings, which a kind of providence has bestowed upon our glorious region. So, of course, there were no charges, no sentencing, nothing. Um, Some of the aftermath, after leaving the Senate in 1861, Hammond, in support of the Confederacy, suggested banning the private export of cotton to hold on to it as a means of keeping the Confederacy financially stable. So Mm -hmm. he wanted to manipulate that to try to... I mean, that makes sense. um, You know, have money and fund uh, the war. So uh, he may have been out of office, but he was still advocating for the South. And at this time he had shifted. So remember before, like um, he wanted to secede from the union, but at this time he's like, no, that was a bad idea. Like we have to stay. And he wanted the South to of course win. And he thought that the union and the Confederacy could somehow work things out. Um, And then he ended up dying in 1864 So some points of interest, Mm. some of Hammond's letters, um, and they were found in 1978, um, but again, they weren't published uh, till later. And according to Conleaf of Headspace, they suggested that Hammond may have been engaging in a homosexual relationship while in college with his friend Thomas Jefferson Withers. An excerpt from a letter from Withers to Hammond reads... And this is from the guy, his roommate, to Hammond. I feel some inclination to learn whether you yet sleep in your shirt tail and whether you yet have the extravagant delight of poking and punching a writhing bedfellow with your long flesh and pole. What? The exquisite touches of which I have often had the honor of feeling. Oh, they were fucking. This is incredible. Some people try to say that this was about Hammond's restless sleeping. But I'm uh, sorry, fleshy, long- the extravagant delight of uh, poking and punching a writhing bedfellow with your long flesh and pole. Mm. No. Hi. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly hot. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Send me that so I can look oh at it my later. God. Oh my God. What's going on with this guy? I'm there's so some confused. Flirty, there's some flirty flirt happening with him. I mean... And, I mean, um, it's a lot more proper than the text you see now. Where it's yes. like, show me your tits. I know. Send nudes. <laughs> oh, you're so romantic. I know this long flesh. We've really, <laughs> we've really not. We've really, we've gone downhill. Oh my god. Actually. So uh, Hammond had a reputation from the beginning as being a pain in the ass. And so remember, he went on that trip to Europe, and he gets in trouble when he's there. Ugh. And he is in Belgium, and uh, Conley writes that Hammond thought that they were overcharging him at the inn that he was 
staying at on this trip. Yeah. So he tries to take off without paying. But this is like back then they have the horse and, and, and carriage. So he's like out there and he's like trying to get away. And one of the employees grabs the horse, like grabs the reins like yeah. and tries to... Uh, tries to stop it but Hammond beats the guy with a cane like just beats oh the heck out God. of this guy and this is highlighting this, this attitude of Hammond because he believed that that servant was below him of course right and so he believed that his status justified his behavior and therefore um he couldn't get in trouble for it and and therefore that guy could be beat because I'm at a higher of course, level yes but uh, in Europe and in Belgium, they're like, yeah, no, dude, you can't just go around beating people like this. So he had to like hightail it uh, out of there so uh, that he wouldn't get in trouble. So Jesus. he had to leave the country. And it's just like this, it's, you know, this slavery is an illness, you know, yeah. like the, 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 the attitude towards slavery, it's a mental illness. Yeah. It's a mental, this, the violence, it's this colonizer's condition that has warped their mind yeah. in some way that the that they, they believe that they can treat other people any way that they choose. And and we've talked about it before, but I feel like that's, you know, been passed on and passed on and pa- we're, we're still suffering from it in different forms Absolutely. today. Absolutely. I was going to say, you said this mentality. I'm like, that fucking shit still exists. It's called <sighs> bias, white supremacy. It's still fucking in us. I mean, it's that's, so, it still exists today. So gross. Hello, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey was chased down I the know. street and thank God those three were held accountable yeah. for fucking murder. Finally. But it's the same thing where it's they the feel like thing. they, this person jogging is somehow, you know, because of their fucking, the, you know, black people are criminals. He's going to commit a crime. I got to yeah. get him out of my neighborhood. It's this so fucking sick. warped it's thing. Sick. They it's chase sick. him down with guns. I mean, what the oh fuck God. are you doing? And with a vehicle, ugh. Another interesting thing I found was that the house at the time in 1844 had a gag rule in place to prevent any debate on slavery. Wow. Very convenient. Isn't that wild? Well, is, remember when Rick Scott was our governor and you couldn't say climate change? Yeah. You were, he said that that was yeah. a ban. Yeah. Climate change was banned. There was banned. a gag rule. <laughs> uh, a New York Times article uh, explored Hammond's diaries and called him out for the horrific man that he was. Um, and revealed that he had, quote, a horrifically high death rate for his slaves. <gasps> and in less than 10 years, 78 slaves had died in less in less than a 10-year period. That's a wow. lot. That's a lot. I, I just can't imagine how horrific his treatment must have been. Um, and he was raping more than that one woman. Oh, he had to And be. her daughter. Yes. Like, that's... that's yeah. No way. Uh, in 1966, I thought this was interesting. There's still a school. It was called the James H. Hammond Academy, and it was founded in as a segregation academy. So these were private schools that opened up in the southern uh, states as all white schools, and it was their way for parents to maintain segregation to keep their white kids out of desegregated schools. Um, in 1976, though, the Supreme Court ruled that segregated private schools were unconstitutional. The school was named after him because <gasps> his grandson oh. had given a ton of money for the school to be founded. I mean, it makes sense, right, that this horrible guy would have horrible family members who are like, we're going to start a school for all white kids. But the school is still there. Um, in 1989, they changed the name to Hammond School to adopt a global purpose. Other sources <laughs> say, like, they wanted to get the James H. Hammond, yeah, so because these fucking shit con- just yeah, came out. Yeah. Not connected to it's him. It's the same year, 1989. It's the same yeah. year that all this stuff was published. Yes. And so um, it's still, it's like a private day school today. 
Um, and it, of course there are kids who, um, are not all white that go there, but I did read that oh there are God. incidents of racism that are still happening at that school. And surprise, surprise. And I feel like they should just change. They, they, they got to change the name, but it, changing the name is not going to change the culture of schools like that. But, wow. and that's the story of the perverted pedophilia. I don't want to say pedophilia. I guess he is. Yeah. Politician James Henry Hammond. Wow. Gross. So gross. Like our history is so disgusting. And it's and and that like there's a school named after him. The article is his sexual indiscretions. Like I mean that the article should say he was a rapist. Yeah. He was a rapist who raped his nieces for years. All four of them. But the violence uh. around slavery, the violent the violent uh ideas just the, the, that whole thing too is just such an issue it's such a problem i mean he's beating somebody in europe he's raping girls yeah. he's what god knows what's happening with the slaves like his whole mentality it's all violence it's all violence anger Ugh. from what but from where the hell did that come from like what is your problem like get your shit together man yeah. figure this out but my god nobody kills this guy i mean what the fuck nope. just lived his life it's so gross and then he had a school named after him. And you know that his family, that intergenerational wealth, if you have money to found, like to, you, you get to uh, put a private school together, they, they still have money from that. Yeah. I wonder what's going on with that. I wonder who they contribute, who they give money to in the state. I wonder who they, oh, what yeah, policies that, that would they're be behind. Interesting like, to see. I'd, I'd love to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, see if any of his family yeah. members are like politicians. Yeah. And, ugh. and who they give money to. Yeah. The well, Lindsey Grahams of the world, maybe? Yeah, I, of course. I have never in my life, like I've watched snippets from the from the hearings this week, but like like it's, they can't attack her. So they, they ask questions about like those red meat the, things. Yeah, that the, it's the, all, all the red whistles. meat issues. It's all dog whistles. Yeah, that, that, that were happening in CR, Florida. Like, it's a CRT. Yeah, like Ted Cruz with the books. And I was like- Oh my God, it was so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's a clip that he can, I guess, play and be proud of. But well, like, did you see that he was like point? checking Twitter? No. So in the middle of the hearing, like he would say something and then he was going on to see like how many, you know, yeah. was it like where his followers like, yeah, burn, yeah. way to go to Ted But it's Cruz. just such an, it's so inappropriate like, and it's also just a waste of time. Like just to what? Tell people like this is where you stand on critical yeah. race theory. And she literally was like, I don't know these books. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to talk to you about being a judge. Like I, what, oh, is, well, what about, just, uh, can you define woman for me? And she's like, I'm not a biologist. It's like, so fucking dumb. Oh my God. But like, who, who are you as a, as a, as a, as an elected official? Like, don't you have any fucking pride left? Don't you have anything left well, besides that? I like, mean, the, like the GOP handing you notes to like bring something up or this feign, like this acting of like, you're a, oh, they're Lindsey so Graham appalled. acting they're like so he's appalled. upset about, she gave an explanation about pornography and like the distribution of pornography yes. and how it's different, like or child pornography and how people are like, as a judge, she's, she sits on a panel that has to determine like how people are given terms yeah. Yeah. based on how many images they've given. Right, and right. it was before the internet where they would give them so yes. much time because one picture versus collecting pictures right, for 10 years right, and then right, get, having a right. hundred that's aggravated because right. you're actually doing this and how it's changed with the internet because you can, you, ha click, you can do one click and have a million photos or yes. distribute a million. And maybe even that was an accident or right, whatever. Like right. you don't know that you're doing that. But how is that aggravated after one click that you can send a million because now everything's changed? Like she's explaining this to him and I'm getting it. I'm like, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, I got it. 
And he's like, no, that's outrageous. You're not tough on child pornography. And she's like, um, yeah. Like, how the fuck do you get that? And why are you angry with Lindsey Graham? Oh my God. Why are you so fucking angry? Because she's a black woman. And he can't say, he, and he says to him, before he attacks, he goes, you're very lovely. I, uh, you know, very lovely woman. And then boom, like yeah. this child pornography stuff. And I was like, this doesn't, it's not even he, something to get upset well, about. Well, the thing is that Amy Coney Barrett. Oh my God. Who's a crazy religious nut job. Yeah. She went through with no experience. They no experience. To, they, no ugh. experience. Tina. Brett Kavanaugh. No experience. Like you can see that the amount of years of experience, she blows everybody out. They. Oh, and the other guy that's got to go is Mr. Sick uh, 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 Clarence Thomas. Oh my and God. His wife, and his wife. <gasps> and his wife. This and his is wife. fucking crazy. Uh, his wife alone. Where's my? He twi- should be uh, out. You see, I his wife alone you. should be out. Oh, he my should God. resign from that seat. This is fucking nuts. Because you know why? He's got to resign because she's in bed. Yeah, with all of them. And she. All these tweets have come out. Yes. That Clarence Thomas's wife, who's a huge fucking QAnon conspiracy yes. theorist, he's got to get off the. Was he's got to get off of the Supreme Court. Was, I'm sorry. Was texting he's got to get chief off. of staff of Trump about about trying to overturn yes. the election. Yes. And so here's he's, the fucking he's, thing. He's now he does not have. He can't be unbiased here. No. He's he, got to get out. Here's the fucking tweet that I- But he will never I, resign. Here's the tweet that I thought was incredible. So the New Yorker, this is from Jane Mayer, uh, who she works for the New Yorker. Uh, she wrote, uh, quote, so the New Yorker reported, instead of recusing himself, Clarence Thomas was the only vote to yep. block the January 6th yep. committee from getting Trump's papers. Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff, filed a supporting brief and Ginny's texts to Meadows were at stake. So he- He knows. He knows that his wife's information- he He's the only- Fucking Supreme Court justice that voted he's that gotta way. He's got to get out. He is they entrenched have to get rid of in him, this. But they're not going to get rid of him he because they're a leave. bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. They are a bunch of hypocrites. And That's they don't incredible. care about our government. They don't care about our country. They only care about their power. Yeah. It's so gross. And, and they also, hold, and they held the Supreme Court hostage. They took away a pick from Obama. And now they're going to try to do it again. No, they're not going to do it with this one. No way. No fucking way. She's going through. I, well, I don't. I she don't better think go through. Yeah. And guess what? That guy better either die or step down so that we can get another one on there. Yeah. Um, but with, as far as like uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, some of those texts too were like again very QAnon conspiracy theories about yeah. the election. Like it's like very like exactly puffs. the QAnon stuff, and then also like <sighs> very like Christian conservative wacky stuff yeah. where it's like Jesus intends for Trump. Yeah. They're trying to take yeah. away Jesus's choice for president. I'm sorry, but guess what? This is one of the most influential women the in Washington, D.C. The Bible DC. was a story. You can't, like, we can't be ruled by this story, by stories. It's lovely, lovely parables. You want to live, you, you want to turn the other tre- cheek, great. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cannot dictate to the rest of the world your interpretation of someone else's story. Like it, it can't, you know, if this motherfucker runs again, which maybe he will just for really for the pack money, but like, Oh God, if he runs again and win, he could win. Oh yeah. Easy. No, no. Biden is, uh, oh, God. I, I don't know if we got enough of a record there, but like, uh, what do we do? I got to tell you, I don't think this, that we're going to get, I don't think we could survive another four years of this guy. I'm serious. And I got to tell you. Oh no, if I we say, get it, I he's going to be buddy, buddy with uh, Putin. Putin. Yeah. We're fucked. 
but and also, China, oh God, also I, I think the I same can't. thing about DeSantis. That our friend Tracy asked me, I was like, what, which, which is the most important race? I said, there's only one race in Florida this year. There's only one race, and that's for governor. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, I want Val Demings to win. Oh, I want please, Rubio out. Just mo- but mostly because there was an editorial yesterday in Sun Sentinel on the Friday, March, what was yesterday? 20. March 25th, there's an editorial about Marco Rubio and how he's missed 50 committee meetings since 2017. <laughs> he's he will such not a lazy bum. He's on such a, a lazy bum. He's on a committee that this woman has been waiting to be confirmed to like a foreign blah, 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 yeah. blah. She must, she put out a tweet years ago insulting or like criticizing the person who's the head of that committee and some other Republican. So he refuses to hold committee meetings to, uh, uh, can I qualify mean, her or whatever? How is that allowed? How is that allowed? But he's holding it just and obstruct and they, hold back. Also, I in that editorial, they talked about how during Trump administration, Rubio was like voting for things, right? That yeah. were like, so these same things have come up again. And but but yeah. Biden is the president, he refuses to support yeah. it and has quotes about how he supports this thing, but now doesn't support and it. Like, he's, it's fucking insane. He, he does nothing for us. No. It's time for him to go the fuck home. He's a puppet. He's got someone's hands up his behind and. But, it's telling him what to do. And I want Val Demings to win and I'll do whatever it takes to Please, get Val Demings yes. to fucking win, honestly. God, but Jesus. our, in Florida, the number one fucking priority here is the fucking governor's race yes. because we cannot flip enough seats in the Senate or the House. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do it. No. Because we have a party that's out of their fucking minds and are so fucking incompetent. They're so fucking incompetent. I, it makes me insane. So- that's the race. Yes. That's the fucking race. Because Ugh. at least if we have a governor, they will not sign all of this horrible, horrible fucking pills. shit. We but have we can't to stop even it. Go back. We are fucking I don't even dying know how we here. we go back and undo what's already been done. We can't, well, like, I'm sure there's ways that we can do it. Yeah. I'm sure that she'll figure time. it out because she's a lot like a Whitmer yeah. who goes around. And see, now what's going to happen is when our beloved Nikki Freed gets elected governor, which please, is going to fucking please, happen because I'm manifesting please, that shit every fucking day. please. They tried to, what they did in Michigan is the Republicans, Michigan, then when Whitmer wins, they try to pass things to take her power away. That'll happen here. Believe me, that's what's going to happen. She'll figure it out though, because she's fucking smart. Yeah. And uh, I believe she can win statewide. I don't want to hear any more bullshit. Uh, Let me tell you something else. If one more old motherfucker in Florida (laughs) comes up to me, some Democrat and goes, well, I'm supporting Charlie Chris. I'm going to bitch slap that motherfucker. (laughs) Don't fucking doubt it. Because you motherfuckers, you old Democrats who can't see past your fucking noses to understand that this state is progressive. We need young progressive Stop people. Stop this bullshit. Please, Stop please. supporting Charlie Crist. He can't win. No. I can't take it. He cannot win. He can't. And you know what? I love that gentleman, our friend who runs his campaign. Yes. God bless you. I love you. I love seeing your beautiful yes. smiling face. You're so handsome and so cute. I want to give you a hug every second. I love you. <laughs> I do. But please- he can't win. He has been proven over and he's run twice now since he was governor and left that seat because God knows why. He wanted to be a senator. Uh, and, and by the way, got Rick Scott instead. Oh, Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> he can't win statewide. We know this. No. Can't, and he cannot beat DeSantis. Oh and here's gosh. why. The second Charlie Crist is our nominee, every attack from fucking august the end of august when the primary flip, is flop, flip, flop, through flip, november flop, is going to be flip, flip, that we don't we don't know what charlie yes. we're going to get yeah when charlie chris filed and came out that's the first fucking sentence that desantis has said about him is that well who, who's running the independent the democrat the yeah. republican yeah and that is what the message will be and they are not wrong and guess what i can't 
fight that argument because yeah. I don't know who the fuck Charlie Chris is. Yeah. I got to tell you something else. I don't think Charlie Chris knows who the fuck he is. So if you can't be as authentic as you are in your real Ooh. life, how do I trust you as a fucking Democrat running for office? I don't know. Yeah. And I don't like, I, I, I want to be that person. I want to put the blinders on Tina. I want to just no. say, I'm going to support whoever's running. No. That's very difficult. You'll get my vote. Yeah. But it's very difficult for me not to in the primary. be honest and truthful with yeah. who I am and where I stand on things. I'm not a politico. I may know a lot of this stuff, but I don't play those fucking games. Yeah. I don't have fake friends telling me bullshit and me believing them they're bullshit. Ooh. I don't fucking care. I'm not friends with you. I have a job. I have a life. Yeah. I, this is not my fucking life. So fuck that. If Nikki Freed's not the fucking winner of that primary, uh. we are going to have major fucking problems. And I'm going to tell you something else. Ooh, tell it. If fucking Charlie Crist wins the primary, my first tweet is to Annette Tadeo. Oh. And I'm going to thank her for taking all of the votes away from Nikki Freed because yeah. that's what's going to fucking happen. Oh, no, Annette Tadeo is a fucking plant. Yes. Put there Woo! to distract people from the real candidate, which is Nikki Freed. And, and it's a don't selfish get it, move. Yeah. And Charlie Crist and Annette Tadeo are very good friends. Woo! And she was his lieutenant governor nominee. And maybe if he wins the primary, she, she's been promised this. I don't know. We'll see. But I have a feeling. But the state's at stake. The state yeah. is at stake. All of this is bullshit because- The state is at stake. <laughs> there are really important things <laughs> happening here. We are in a really fucking bad place. A really bad place. And it's not the red meat social issues. It's like real fuck. People are Housing. losing their homes. <laughs> They're living in the streets because I mean, all of a sudden their rent or their mortgage, or their rent goes is, up $500 sky, a month. They're living in cars. You can't buy anything With here. their children. I-, I I, I can't. I, it's just so fucking insane to me. It's insane. And they redrew this district that I live in. Now we're in District 100, by the way. This Chip Lamarca motherfucker, he's going to be my rep again. Come on. Oh, God. They redrew it so he's got all the Richie Rich area. Yeah. And they love him. They do. Talked to somebody last night who just moved here, a Democrat. He just moved here from D.C. Very nice man. He was told by the other gays in his building that Chip Lamarca's not that bad. <laughs> And I had to correct him on that and yeah. be like, please take this message back to your friends in your building that Chip Lamarck is a major piece of shit. <laughs> like, I mean, oh my God. And you know what? It was a very clear, like we knew when he asked permission not to vote for the, when he said, oh, can I vote against so Don't Say Gay? Garbage. And he voted against it. That what? was the point. That man standing in front of me last night, that's when I'm, I, I was severely depressed still today. But like last night when he said that, I thought to myself, that was the point of him voting against this. Yeah. Because then the gays in those buildings who are really just more, less social issues, more about their money, um, which is their concern, the economic, the economy, yeah. fine. That's, these things don't matter to them. Oh, well, that was a great ending to the show. I mean, <laughs> we're in so much trouble. We are. I can't. It's going to, it's going to trigger my migraine again. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I also, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tina. I also want to say congratulations to our friends at Keeping Up With The Kardashians because they scored this huge interview <gasps> and they finally, they finally announced it because we, we saw it on yes. our Odd Pods chat. Yeah. Um, but they have Will Wheaton. Wow. I mean, I know he was on. He's like Next King Gen of the Nerds. <laughs> yes. And so, still so cute. Yeah. 
Um, but he's on Next Generation Star Trek. Yes. But you know, I always love him from Stand By Me. Yeah, Stand By Me. Oh my God. Oh. So I want to say congratulations to them. I think it comes out April 11th. I think they announced it's coming out. So uh, good on them. So, so exciting. Yeah, they're good guys. They're amazing. So that's it. I mean, that's a good note to end yes, on. Yes, that's a very good note. All right. <sighs> Tina. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.